Are you reading and hearing all sorts of conflicting information about AI, artificial intelligence, and wondering what impact that might have on you? Well, welcome to AI for Creatives, a podcast by creatives for creatives, connecting you to the world of AI, Web3, blockchain, and beyond. Join our hosts, Camila Sanders and Nova Lorraine, as we explore new ways AI empowers creatives and highlight leading industry innovators utilizing amazing new tools to pave the way for our future. Get inspired and educated by fellow creatives revolutionizing the industry and exemplifying new ways to gain creative independence and sovereignty. We aim to preserve humanity in this fast evolving digital world and creatives are a powerful force to do that. Be a part of the conversation as we take the reins of AI and shape a positive narrative for our future. Welcome to another episode of AI for Creatives, where we look at where humanity, AI, and creativity converge, and how we can use technology, especially AI, for human good. I am your host, Nova Lorraine, and I am here with my lovely co-host, Camila Sanders. Yes. So we're going to do what we normally do, Camila. We're going to talk about what we've been up to. Do you want to start? Oh, and before we do that, for those that are joining us, we will be covering all the drama around OpenAI. If you haven't heard about it already, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that. We'll also be talking about their newest breakthrough, which was a leak, by the way. And we will be discussing what does it mean for the future of AI and humanity now that we have AI-controlled computers where the computer can drive itself. So lots of really good stuff in this episode. But before we dive into all that, we're going to share what we've been up to. So I'll give you back the mic, Camille. Sure. So, you know, we love creatives here, right? Yes. (laughs) The podcast is called AI for Creatives. And so I work with a lot of creatives and I love working with a creative. We both are creatives. Um, But one of the things that I always notice is that creators, we want to work on our craft. We always have this huge ideal that we want to accomplish. And it's hard to accomplish something when you don't have a plan Mm. or a strategy. Mm. But a lot of times that's the side of the brain that we don't want to think on. We don't want to organize things. We don't want to plan, not necessarily plan, but actually coming up with a detailed strategy and then following that strategy, right? Mm. And so I work with people, you know, that are looking for like a business slash marketing strategy. They have this huge vision and they want to put something together where they can actually accomplish their goals and make an impact, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I am doing, and this is perfect timing, Mm -hmm. um, and really anytime is a perfect time for a strategy to me. I think my years of being in corporate have brainwashed me to be somewhat organized and strategic. But um, so I am doing free workshops. And basically the workshop is called Developing a Strategy for Your Life and Business. I say life and business because I believe in an integrated life. A lot of us especially entrepreneurs and founders, we kind of merge all of our worlds together. So how do you create a strategy that's going to help you to get to your goals or to your vision 
It's a free workshop. Follow me on social media. If you don't already, I'll probably be posting about it, or you can go to greaterthanequal.com slash strategy workshop. But hopefully we can help some people get organized a little bit so that we can accomplish some of the big goals that we have um, upcoming. What about you? What are you up to? Well, I just have to uh, double click on what you just shared. (laughs) And I, I agree as an entrepreneur, our lives very much blend into our projects and our businesses. And I actually was speaking with an entrepreneur the other day where we were looking at how do we address her well-being and from there move into the strategy around her business. And so very similar in in that sense. Love that you're doing that free workshop. Um, But I think it's so important for you to offer these services where people can get that initial start. And then, of course, those that need a deeper dive, um, you could take them along that journey. So that's super powerful. In terms of what I've been working on, the jockey on the horse. That's been taking up a lot of my time lately. It is a new book, my second book, Following Unleash Your Supernova. And this is about how to take the reins and stay ahead in the age of AI. I do a deep dive in AI, but I follow up with how we can use an abundant mindset and various tools around creativity, avoiding burnout, mindfulness as well, um, to really future-proof ourselves in this new digital age that we are, (laughs) if we like it or not, um, we are being pushed into. And so really excited about what that can do and how it can serve value to the readers. So yeah, that's what I've been up to, riding away uh, the jockey on the horse. And the pre it's there's the pre-sale Kindle version is available on Amazon. So check it out. And the hardcover and softcover are coming out in just a little bit. So yeah, excited about that. Super excited about that. And when you said that, I heard like the applause. In the background, like, yay! yay. (laughs) So excited. I'm I'm super excited about it because you talk a lot about mindfulness. And I think that's such an important aspect that sometimes we get so technical. Most people talk about the technical aspect, but to hear about it from such a thoughtful perspective is exciting. Yeah. You know, we can get the definitions really, you know, anywhere. But now that we have this information, what do we do with it? How do we take action? How is it going to personally impact us? How do we protect ourselves, our mental health, our livelihood, our careers, our jobs? And how do we future-proof our lives? And so, yeah, really excited about the project. And so that all of what we're talking about ties very nicely into what we'll be sharing on today's episode. Let's first talk about the, (laughs) the drama that's been unfolding these last couple of weeks. Um, since our last recording, I mean, I don't know about you, but I had the popcorn it, like every 12 hours, 24 hours, 48 hours yes. is a new news feed, a post. Um, I was just listening to some updates again this morning on the new board announcements. I have some thoughts about that as well. But what are your thoughts about OpenAI? And again, I'm just, let's pull our audience in. OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT lost its CEO due to a firing. Sam Altman went 
to, uh, or I was hired by Microsoft, not too long off, after, went back to OpenAI, and there's been a whole lot in between. So what are your thoughts, Camila? Wow, like you, I was just watching with the popcorn. <laughs> and and my thought goes to, it, it always goes to like relationships, right? Mm. And what was the relationship with the board of directors where he kind of got ousted and then another company picked him up. So I think I think for me like the the message is is that if you believe in something if you are in an organization, you're leading, you want to make an impact and you believe in what you're doing, stick to your guns because what you have is valuable to, and in especially in that type of position like you didn't get hired there to do to be like a group thinker and do what people tell you to do, right? You mm. you were hired for a specific reason. And just like that, you're like, oh, he's gone. Like, what happened? And then Microsoft picks him up. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it to me, it's a it's a message to just stick, especially in these changing times, stick by what you believe in, what you know is right. Because if you're talented, Somebody's going to be right there along with you for the ride, right? And the interesting thing is that Microsoft owns a lot of uh, stake in OpenAI, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually kind of excited to see them move because this is telling me that, wow, you thought the landscape was competitive. It's super competitive. And it just shows that, you know, this is, to me, this is good competition because everyone's, you know, reaching for what is that next thing? What is that? Who who can we bring in that knows about this stuff and that's going to move the needle forward? So I'm excited about it. Yeah. I, and it's interesting in that perspective, you know, being an avid user of generative AI and using a lot of these tools, you know, maybe ChatGPT, MidJourney, NVIDIA, DID, there's a bunch, right? That's out there now. And depending on your role or function, you're you're going to select the ones that make the most sense. But ChatGPT has been one of the most successful AI tools that has been introduced into the market. And OpenAI, that its company that put it into the marketplace, is arguably going to be one of the biggest companies in the world and focused on pushing AI, specifically generative AI, forward. And so the shakeup in management was a big deal because it potentially could impact the future of AI. And we know Microsoft, yes, um, to your point, is one of the biggest investors in OpenAI at this moment and was caught off guard (laughs) by the firing of Sam. And there was a little flux there. Sam was talking about creating his own venture and he then got picked up by Microsoft. And then we see the reverse where he's now back, where he started at OpenAI. But what does that mean for us, the consumer? And how is it going to impact us? And one of the things that was rumored was that perhaps either the team or the board was moving too quickly as and aggressively as it relates to commercializing the technology um, without the proper safeguards. That was one of the rumors that was floating around. You know, uh, no one has given a formal statement as to what's been happening behind the scenes as it relates to 
the exact reason why Sam was initially let go. Um, but if we just look at that, let's say just isolate that for a second, regardless of if it's a rumor or if it's factual, you know, what if the commercialization of AI moves too fast? And do we have the proper safeguards in place? Do we have teams that are actively working on this in a non-biased way to make sure that the greater good isn't impacted in a negative way? And so I think if nothing else, it has stirred up this conversation and brought a lot of attention to safety, to commercialization, you know, as it relates to AI for the public now to have a closer, in my opinion, paying more attention to what's going on with one of the biggest movers and shakers in the space, aka OpenAI. So if nothing else, I think that the story had grabbed the world's attention. And now we're going to be watching OpenAI closely as to how they're moving forward, what's being released, and are they really safeguarding the good of humanity as they're bringing these technologies forward. And then let's have these additional conversations around this. And then just to touch on the new board, we have the chairman, interim chairman at the very least, coming from Salesforce. I'm, I'm, the names are skipping me now. Um, but we have a board of three gentlemen at the moment that are going to continue to diversify the board and grow the board. But my concern was, as we're looking at all these names, it's primarily men. Um, we have Mira, who's the chief technology officer, and you know everyone else between the executive team and the executive board are men. And this is something that's going to impact all of us. And I feel that it's critical that we are intentional about diversifying the team from the onset. And let's see how this unfolds, you know, as they continue to uh, build and grow the board, what is that going to shape up as relates to are the voices that are on the board, do they have enough unique perspectives to really create a balanced outcome with whatever they're deciding as relates to how the tools are being introduced and what the tools can do? Yeah, such, such powerful points. And the board also the executive leaders within the organization all throughout. I mean, we constantly go back to the fact that, you know, when we're talking about AI, there's, you know, a lot of bias. There's a lot of things to overcome, especially with the development of things. So how, you know, how is that being addressed? And that is a really good, good observation. I would definitely be keeping my eye on that. Yeah. So let's move on to... OpenAI and some <laughs> new announcements, or let's say leaks. It was a leak, right? Around QSTAR. And you can find more information on this MIT technology review. But apparently, the reason why this is such a big deal, and this did happen actually before the whole executive team shakeup, is that OpenAI had made a breakthrough that it now can do grade school math. Now, why Why should we even care? Why is that a big deal? You know, where their systems now could do grade school math. Well, we know how quickly the language models have been developing. And initially, it, they've been 
pretty bad at being accurate around computation. I mean, I've used this several times to, you know, do plans and projects, and it's really embarrassing in terms of how it hallucinates around the math. But now that it can accurately do grade school math, it can only advance from there, and it brings us closer to AGI, where we touched on this in our last episode, artificial general intelligence and singularity. And so I would, I would love to hear your thoughts about this new breakthrough or leak. What do you think in terms of now ChatGPT and other models that are coming through OpenAI can now do math at, at this level anyway? Yeah. So from the article that you mentioned, the MIT Technology Review, mm-hmm. basically it says that math is a benchmark for reasoning. A machine that is able to reason about mathematics could, in theory, be able to learn or do tasks that build on existing information, such as writing computer code or drawing conclusions from a news article. So math is particularly hard challenge because it requires AI models to have the capacity to reason and to really understand what they are dealing with. So that's why this is such a huge deal, because now AI can reason, they can understand, they can draw conclusions. So what conclusions (laughs) (laughs) is the AI going to draw from all this information or even maybe misinformation that it has? So I, you know, every time we talk, it's, there's so many different things that it's like, we're a step closer, we're a step closer, we're a step closer, a step further, you know? Right. And is this getting closer to there being an existential risk to humanity? Right. And and is this going to prompt more organizations and institutions to urgently put these guardrails in place around safety? If we are going to take the system, the understanding, as you were sharing, of the AI the abilities and and the tasks that it can do at this moment and put that into a physical body, you know, a machine, arms and legs. And now you integrate the aspect about coming to conclusions, reasoning, doing math. And where does that (laughs) lead as well? You know, what if the AI goes rogue? And I'm an optimist. I always see the glass half full, but then also a realist. You know, how do we get there? How do we keep the glass half full? And I think it's about one being aware of what the technology can do, the opportunities, the wonderful opportunities that it possesses, but then also, you know, what's on the flip side and how do we, with, you know, a mindset of abundance, with awareness, you know, take what's on the flip side and arrange it in a way where we still are doing good for humanity. Yeah. And I think it's, it is a big deal. It really is. The way that it translates to an everyday person though, is probably not going to be this, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Mm-hmm. Because really if, if, AI can reason, that's really just a more customized, more human experience 
when I'm conversing with AI or when I'm using artificial intelligence, it's really just a more human experience to me, right? Mm -hmm. So these Mm -hmm. things will happen and we're not going to use the technical terms when we, you know, give it to the everyday consumer. It's just going to be a more customized experience. And maybe that is a good thing. Mm. Yeah, I can see that because, you know, if, ChatGPT had gotten the math problems right, <laughs> or 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 the numbers right, um, as as I was using it, and a lot of people are using it, then it would be a more helpful tool, right? We right now we know its limitations, and yeah, to your point, to the everyday consumer, it's it's a smarter, more savvy tool that can do more things. But then let's leap forward, and then leap forward, and leap forward, and that's when we get to these, you know, harder conversations around the safety of our livelihood. And so, yes, you know, who's not going to want to have a more automated system for tasks that are tedious or taking us away from our family or what have you. But then again, it's always like looking at both sides and being aware of where the pitfalls can be. And so speaking of family and time and saving time, that was the backstory for this other <laughs> breakthrough around AI and vision technology. And so, and VentureBeat was quick to report on this, where you know a developer, Josh Bickett is his name, and the company associated with this technology is Other Side AI, was spending time with his newborn one night came up with the idea with, well, what if the computer could run itself? What if it can do the tasks that I'm doing all on its own? And the technology's there. So what if we took GPT-4 vision and technology like that and combined it with other tech to create such a, a new, I guess, ability, a new feature, a new innovation, And so this is what we have. Think of your self-driving cars, replace that with computers. Now you have self-driving computers where it can control and the AI decides where and what to click on the computer and using vision-based technology to do that. And so I'm just going to give a real life example I want to order something from Amazon. I tell my AI, my bot, my agent to order a pair of shoes or order whatever on Amazon. And it will look at the computer as if I was looking at the computer and go through the steps in terms of what to click, where to click, and do that for me. And so instead of using text to control what we're doing, we're using vision to control what we're doing or what we want the computer to do. And so I just think it's fascinating and scary at the same time. Like a lot of these breakthroughs in technologies, right? What does that mean? In its infancy, it's pretty powerful. And then where do we go from there? Yeah, it's like it's basically an interface between the human and the computer, right? Is that now I don't have to 
go and get on my computer and do all these different things that I need to look up or book this thing or do that or do that or do all these different tasks, right? That Mm -hmm. now the AI can do that. So like you said, it's more convenient, of course. And it almost makes me think of with this automation, with the different tasks, it brings up rise to, you know, augmented reality, the smart glasses, like all of these different tools that now when you have AI interfacing, you can automate a lot of the different things that you think or that you want to do. So in a way, it's breaking down barriers. It's exciting. And then also in a way, I'm like, I do not want (laughs) anything clicking around doing too much that I don't necessarily (laughs) know of. So it I think it's it's definitely something that you you'll have to get used to, but you're going to be like, oh, you know, this is kind of cool, and this is just the way that we do things eventually. But I would definitely want to make sure that it's accurate because I always, how my brain always goes back to marketing and like the Amazon, you know, the auto just auto auto order this, auto do this, auto do that. And I'm like, no, because I really didn't want to order more of those, right. you know, kind of thing. So it's like. Right. What what's the balance between yes, this is convenient for me, or this is actually a company that's that's using this technology to force me to do something that I didn't really want to mm. book on that airline, you know, or something like mm. that. But they put some kind of you know preference in there that I need to get off my browser. I don't know, <laughs> but mm. but it gets complicated, and I think that you know eventually it's going to be just the way that we operate every day. And it's going to be seamless, but there's definitely going to have to be those, you know, still stay vigilant, you know, still stay and make sure that you know what's happening and, oh, this is AI. Let me make sure my settings are okay. Let me make sure, you know, things like that. So I think you still have to be aware, embrace it, but still be aware of, of, you know, what's going on. Well, it's interesting. And I want to just share some, some thoughts that, Matt Schumer, the CEO and co-founder, who's behind this new breakthrough, and yeah, let's see what he has. You know, let's see what he has to say. And again, Josh Brickett from Other Side AI is the one that's being credited to this this idea. So, when asked by VentureBeat about the future implications, Schumer painted a bold vision. Once this thing is sufficiently reliable, it is going to be your computer. It is going to be your interface to the digital world. With the self-operated computer framework in place, advanced AI models could learn to take over all computer interactions just through conversational commands. As Schumer predicted, different types of specialized computer agent models will likely emerge to handle different tasks. Again, they're seeing this as the future of computers as we know it. Self-driving computers in quotes, right? Thanks to other side AI. <laughs> it's madness how fast things are moving in this space. Like it's it's so hard to uh, wrap your head around sometimes just how quickly things are advancing and how exciting it is. I mean, there's not enough hours in a day in terms of wanting to touch and play with all these tools. But again, it's it's sort of cautious optimism. And if used in a proper way with intention for positive good, then we're building a roadway to a utopia, you know? And then, of course, you have the other pathway as well. 
Or maybe something in between. Or maybe something <laughs> in between. I'm voting Utopia. Like, I'm just going to keep my attention focused there. But yeah, it's it's exciting times, you know, between the soap opera of the uh, executive world to the innovations within the technology and tools themselves. What we urge is for you just to just stay aware, you know, and stay up to date on what's happening around you, how it can impact you and your personal life, your professional life, and and make the decision in how you want to use these tools, if at all. You know, you may choose to opt out completely, and that's fine as well. I just think it's important for as many of us to be aware so we can take action, and even if we're choosing inaction. And what we didn't touch on quickly, let's just really quickly, how do you envision any of these new breakthroughs impacting creatives directly? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it's, I mean, we always say like, stay up to date on what's happening. And a lot of times you're going to have to embrace it. And I think it's just, again, remembering that it's a tool. And so the impact for creatives is going to be, because creatives, we use a lot of tools, like even being in business, you use a ton of tools, right? That really make your life easier or help you to even be able to create or assist in your creation. And so these tools, the advancements, there's going to be definite benefits that we can use. And I was even thinking, you know, with the reasoning, I use ChatGPT to help me brainstorm and think of really technical things, very logical, but if it can reason, then that's a whole nother conversation that is going to spark other conversations and other creativity. So how can we work together with it? And so I think it's just more impactful tools that will assist us. Yeah, that's a good point. I was thinking from a artistic standpoint, you know, working in Photoshop, I was playing around in Photoshop the other day and for hours actually. But what if I would, I just told the computer, open up Photoshop, I want, you know, three shades of purple and two shades of pink on this part of the palette and delete the background and and just watch it happen. I was watching a demo of the self-driving computer. It was fascinating how quickly it was clicking in and out of screens and following the commands of the individual driving that machine. And so I can see it not only helping, you know, creators and creatives that are doing artistic tools, that are brainstorming, that are doing branding and marketing, but then also aiding those that have disabilities as well. I think that's a a powerful step forward. So I'm really excited in terms of where it can go. And if, if the technologies can help me create more art to create more positive impact. I'm super, super excited. Yeah, that's that's totally like when you said that, I'm thinking breaking down barriers, right? Because if you have someone that has a great idea and they want to create something, instead of doing like how I used to do when, when I have Photoshop is going, oh, let me look at this video. Let me go through this t- tutorial that takes hours and hours and figure out how to do it. Now you can just tell the computer to do it And that starts to break down barriers, allowing people to be even more 
creative or get to that creative point, that Mm. creative output point sooner. So I love the thought of that. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. As you were sharing, I was going through how much of the process do we want to cut out and will we be building in the ability to take the long road? Because I also feel that there's something special in that journey going through the process. And there are times where I just want it done, right? But the the growth that you get and what you're learning and developing as you're going through the journey, as you're building, is something really unique as well. So that's something, again, that I feel, yes, the automation is great, but we also should keep in mind how are we going to still allow ourselves to grow and expand as humans so we're not just <laughs> sitting on the couch going do this, doing that. And we're like, <laughs> there's like no, no stimulation um, happening, you know? And so I, I want there to be a balance there as well. So if I choose to take the long road, I could still take the long road, right? I could still do the long process if I choose to. But then when I need it in a, in a jiffy, that that option is there as well. Because like there's a beauty in in the journey. It's always easy to see both sides of the coin, right? Well, this was great. And again, this is AI for Creatives and it's exclusively brought to you by the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. And that's Kangaroo with a U. And we are here to share about AI and what's happening, the new updates, and most importantly, how do we see AI, creativity, and humanity coming together where we can move humanity forward. So yeah, it was always a pleasure. I am your host, Nova Lorraine. And again, I'm here with my lovely co-host, Camille Sanders. And until next time, ciao. Bye.